You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 248 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Not too bad. We got the F1 happening in Montreal yeah. right now. Uh, we got Father's Day uh, this weekend as well. So it's been uh, quite busy. Lots of stuff to do. And the end of the 2022-23 season with uh, the awarding of the Stanley Cup this week. So uh, lots lots to talk about. Lots to talk about for the Montreal Canadiens. And we're, um, we're very getting very close to the 2023 draft. Yeah, so on this episode, we'll make sure we get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from this past week, and we'll update you a little bit on the Habs prospects. In segment two, it's going to be our big topic segment. Uh, we're going to entitle this segment, uh, Hughes Gets Aggressive About Moving Up in the Draft. So we'll get you all up to date on those developments. And then segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment, and our Canadiens Connection question of the week is... What's your draft day dream scenario for Kent Hughes? Trading up from number five in the draft or making a draft day trade to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois? What's the best way for our listeners to reach out and let us know, Rick? Reach out to us uh, by text at the Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET. I'll say it again so you don't have to back up the, the recording. It's 5853-ROCKET. And you can also reach out to us on our social medias. Uh, it's at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. So we have two fascinating uh, stories from this past week. Uh, they were covered in the Habs headlines. Uh, starting things off, big congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights on winning their first Stanley Cup. Uh, they beat the Florida Panthers in five games and we're a very dominant team, very fun to watch. Uh, a couple interesting storylines here. Uh, Jack Eichel wins the uh, Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid does. Uh, you have Jonathan Marcheseau winning the Conn Smythe after the Florida Panthers gave up on him and actually handed him to the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, plenty of drama that went on in that series, and for those who watched, uh, you know there was a lot of good hockey. 
There was. And and also um, a tip of the cap to Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers uh, did the unthinkable in taking out uh, the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they just uh, ran out of ran out of gas and ran out of healthy bodies um, in the final. So the way too early uh, best odds for next year's Stanley <laughs> Cup goes to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I'm guessing the assumption is uh, they'll be able to regroup, uh, get healthier, and uh, maybe uh, change up the roster a little bit. But I don't mind that. Colorado does have one of those teams that's going to be good for the next little while at least. Absolutely. Uh, they top the, the odds uh, put out r- right after uh, the Stanley Cup was awarded Bet MGM had uh, them at the top of the list, um, followed by Edmonton, Toronto, Boston, and Carolina. Uh, the usual suspects at the bottom, at the bottom of the list, uh, was Montreal, um, and they were tied with Anaheim, Arizona, and San Jose for the worst odds to win next year's Stanley Cup. Can't really blame them, to be completely honest, uh, especially based on how this last season went. Uh, you hope that Montreal maybe takes a step forward, but uh, giving them the lowest odds, I, I think that does make sense in the end, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so this past week, uh, Gunther Steiner, the team principal for the Haas F1 team, uh, turned aside shots from Nick Suzuki and Caden Gooley. Uh, nice to see uh, Gunther Steiner putting on the pads. Uh, his goaltending techniques looked a little bit awkward <laughs> and unconventional, but Caden uh, uh, Gooley was pretty complimentary of him. He did good. I mean, um, it's tough. He said he hasn't played goalie in like over 30 years, so it's got to be tough for him to get out there. But he he looked good. He's he's a big guy. Like he's almost bigger than Monty. So um, he uh, when when you're coming down on him, there's not as much net as you probably would have thought there was. So, uh, but he did good. It was a great event. Um, when they said he was going to be, uh, you know, out there uh, at Brassard um, with Nick Suzuki, Caden Gooley, and Sam Montembeau, and Sam Montembeau was in a in um, shooting garb, um, I, I, I didn't expect Gunther Steiner. I mean, he is, he is the, the team principal from uh, the Haas F1 team, uh, but he was in full gear, mask and all. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been 30 years, more than 30 years, as Caden Gooley said uh, that he's played, but um, he didn't do so bad. And, and uh, just, I think he had the time of his life. His daughter was there and to, to meet the, uh, the NHLers and and uh, uh, he talked about how the Canadians are you know the um, the the greatest uh, um, franchise in the NHL um, and it was just a, a really really um, nice event. Um, it's it's if you watch the Netflix series, the Drive to Survive series, um, the McLaren principal actually it's the CEO of McLaren, Zach Brown. He plays beer league hockey, still does. Um, and it's it's just interesting that um, that there is this uh, connection um, with hockey, um, and uh, you know Gunter Steiner um, they they customized a mask and it was um, Silabrash Sylvie uh, Marsalea um, who designed who who designs uh, Sam Montembeau's back mask uh, also designed this this special mask for uh, Steiner and. Um, it had the F1, uh, the Haas race car on one side. It had the uh, an angry groundhog on the other side, of course. Uh, the Canadian Grand Prix, the Montreal uh, circuit, known for um, groundhogs on the track. Um, it had the name of his, his wife and, and uh, his daughter on the back plate. It has his team that he played with. 
Um, it, it, it was all in all, it was a, a tremendous event. Yeah, uh, much better than a lot of the other video content uh, we see this team post. I think the last time we talked about a uh, video happening, it was PK Subban playing bubble hockey at center ice. So nice to, <laughs> to change things up. Uh, really liked uh, having uh, Gunther Steiner in there and a uh, pretty cool event. Like you said, the masks looked uh, phenomenal as well. So uh, make sure you're checking out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout this busy offseason at thn.com slash Montreal. And no, that's not a mistake. We'll actually give you an update on what's going on with that in our third segment. So you'll have to stick around if you want to hear more. Yeah. Uh, and and just a little tip for, for those of us, I'll, I'll, I'll whisper. So it's just for our group here. If you check out insidethecanadians.com, you'll find us as well. So, taking a look at our roster news, Canadians dismissed head athletic therapist Graham Reinbend and head physiotherapist Donald Baumforth. Uh, we were expecting some changes to the medical staff department uh, in Montreal after two seasons in a row in which Montreal led the league in man games lost. Uh, Rick, uh, just before I send it off to a quote from Caden Gooley asking about these firings, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, um, we knew this. We knew there was going to be changes to the medical staff um, at the the year end um, uh, media availability that uh, was attended by Jeff Gordon and and uh, Kent Hughes. Um, uh, Jeff Gordon was 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 pretty plain and simple. Um, he said that uh, the Canadians ha- had led the league in man games, lost injuries. Uh, for two consecutive reasons, and, and in, in fact broke the, broke the record is what he said, um, and that there was going to be changes. It's something that that uh, um, I think it was Kent Hughes that said we can't put our plans in place if 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 this continues. Uh, so we're going to have to make changes. Um, I guess the surprise was how they uh, chose to start making changes. Graham Reinben had been with the. Um, organization in that capacity for 19 seasons he had he had he had been associated with the canadians uh, since the late 90s um he well respected in the field um during covid he was the um the the captain of that of of, of putting in in place protocols um so that was that was uh, a difficult donald uh, Baumforth, a less well known but he's been in that role as head physiotherapist since 2017 but he had prior to that he had consulted um with the canadians in that role so uh, again i guess i guess it's not a surprise that um that changes are happening um maybe uh, the fact that those two were were kind of centered out uh was a bit of a surprise and uh, we got to hear from Caden Gooley on his thoughts about these firings. You know, it's, it's obviously tough to, to see people go. And um, as a human being, you never want to see someone lose their job. And, um, you know, so it's tough. And obviously me being injured, I got to build a pretty good relationship with those guys. And, um, again, I just wish them the best and, and whatever whatever's next for them. And um, they're great people, great human beings. So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever comes in store for them next, I just wish them luck. So. Uh, a tough question to be asked. Um, this was while Caden Gooley was part of this F1 event, but um, reporters wanting to know uh, his feelings about the firings. Uh, but he, I thought he answered it very well. Um, very complimentary, um, but kind of rode a middle ground. Um, and uh, I, 
kind of a side comment. I think that um, it's not going to be too long before Caden Gooley has a letter on uh, his jersey um, as one of the the leaders uh, of this team. Um, but it was just it, it's tough news uh, for the the players because. Montembeau, um, when he was suffering with his wrist injury, would have um, developed a relationship with these guys. Caden Gooley, the same thing, as he said. Um, So it's it's difficult for them to see uh, these guys moving on. Yeah, I agree. I think very well said by Caden Gooley. He handled that question pretty well. Uh, Might be a little bit awkward asking uh, Caden Gooley that question after only being around the team for one year, but... uh, Seems like he probably had a bit of a relationship there, and uh, like I said, uh, handled very professionally, and uh, I agree. Maybe there will be an A on his chest in the future. Yeah. Alex Belzeal is reportedly looking for a two-year one-way contract for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, right now, Alex Belzeal is set to become a UFA. Um, I don't blame him for wanting this. Uh, Montreal did call him up at uh, the last half of this season. They kept him up there in a fourth line role, so uh, I don't blame him for wanting a one-way contract. I just I hope that this isn't the direction that Montreal goes. I think you can do a little bit better than having an Alex Belzeal on your fourth line. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, Alex Belzeal was fortunate uh, to get into um, the Canadians lineup and he wouldn't have been there. Oh, you know, the only, the only reason he was there was because of the, the huge amount of injuries, uh, as they started to pile up, um, uh, for the Canadians. And, and, uh, last year he got into 31 games for, um, the Canadians and 31 games for, uh, the Laval rocket. Um, his career, uh, as I said, he's, he's age 31 he has 487 games in the ECHL and ACHL and AHL, um, just 44 games in the NHL. And, and most of those, 31 of those, as I said, came last year. Um, the information that he wants a, uh, a two-year uh, deal, a one-way contract, comes from our, our colleague Raphael Doucette of La Poche Bleu. Um, and, and in that article, uh, it's uh, Raphael said that, uh, he's looking for the same kind of deal that Michael Pozzetta has, um, probably, uh, probably not uh, going to happen. I, I don't think that the Canadians see him as a one way contract kind of player. Um, perhaps if he, if he tamps down those, uh, um, those demands and, and, um, you know, he was a popular player in Laval, uh, amongst the fans, um, that, uh, that they would find a way to bring him back. Otherwise, uh, we wish him well as he looks for a contract elsewhere. Yeah. Or, uh, the C in Laval as well. So I think it was a little bit of a surprise that uh, he did get called up. Uh, like you said, very popular guy within Laval. Uh, I wouldn't hate it if, uh, he ended up returning there, but otherwise if he's, uh, really wanting that one-way contract, he'll definitely have to search elsewhere. But this week, uh, we actually do have a winner, and uh, Rick, let's queue up for that stinger. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on the Canadian's Connection. So just the one winner, and uh, Rick, you selected this winner. I think it's a pretty good choice, and there is a very specific reason why we felt we wanted to highlight this week. Well, it is F1 weekend in Montreal, the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, So we're going to go in that direction uh, with our winner of the week. Um, Hometown guy, uh, born and raised in Montreal, is Lance Stroll. 
the 24-year-old uh, F1 driver for Aston Martin. Um, and um, he's, he's, a, he's an interesting driver. Um, yeah, his dad is billionaire owner, uh, Lawrence Stroll, who, um, owned, who funds uh, um, the Aston Martin team. But Lance Stroll is, um, is uh, carving out his own niche as, as uh, an F1 driver. And, and really, um, just 20 spots, just 20 drivers in F1. So it's a pretty uh, exclusive uh, kind of company. Um, so being at home um, and, and in his uh, home race, um, uh, and, and I should say that, that there's been a number of drivers um, from F1 that have tried to make connections uh, with the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, Valtteri Bottas from Alfa Romeo. He has a lumberjack theme, which you, which you got to seek out and find. It's, it's, it's a great helmet um, that he's going to wear, especially for, for this race. Uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, F1 driver with Ferrari. He has a, a tribute helmet to uh, Gilles Villeneuve. Um, and of course, uh, that's uh, that's what the circuit is is uh, named after, Gilles Villeneuve. And if you've been at the start finish line, uh, you'll see a salute Gilles there. Um, but Lance Stroll went another way, and uh, his helmet is fascinating. Um, the whole top of his helmet has QR codes all over the top, um, and if if you uh, if you select the QR codes. Um, it's all his favorite places in Montreal. The Bell Center is on there. Uh, his favorite deli is on there. LCC, Lower Canada College, uh, which I know pretty well, and where he attended, uh, is on there. Um, and Lance has chosen. Um, well, um, let's let's let uh, let's let Lance tell you what he's going to do. Hey guys, it's Lance Stroll here. It's Canadian Grand Prix Race Week. Here we have my special edition Canadian Grand Prix helmet. We've all seen how bad the wildfires across Quebec and Canada have been since the beginning of June. So in order to help all the people that have been affected, I will be donating my special edition Canadian Grand Prix helmet, boots, and suit up for auction to help raise money and awareness. I'd like to thank everyone who's helping, the emergency services, all the volunteers. Join me in showing them some love and support, and let's have a great weekend. So many people have been affected um, by the wildfires, our friends in the Maritimes, uh, in, in Quebec as well, uh, out west. And, and uh, you know, the smoke has played havoc uh, with uh, in places uh, to the south, our friends in the U.S. Um, so I think this is, this is a, a great gesture by Lance to raise money uh, for the Canadian Red Cross. Um, he's putting up his, his helmet and other gear. Um, and uh, if you want to make a bid, uh, if you're able to make a bid, it's mycause.bid slash stroll. Uh, right now, uh, the bid, the leading bid, uh, is at $50,000. Um, so this is going to, uh, whatever it finishes at, this is going to be a big donation for the Canadian Red Cross. Lance says he understands that not everybody's going to be able to, to bid. So at that, um, at that uh, address... Uh, there's also a place where you can donate whatever you five ten dollars whatever you have to the Canadian Red Cross um, in his name. So uh, this is this is a, a tremendous, um, uh, I, I think, worthy of of the winner of the week, Lance Stroll. 
not not a hockey player, a guy who enjoys hockey, a guy who uh, loves the Canadians and, and gets to the Bell Centre whenever he can, but uh, a great gesture uh, to to help the people who have been affected by the wildfires. Yeah, great pick for uh, the winner this week. Uh, certainly love that uh, he's going out of his way to raise money for charity. Uh, the Red Cross is a great foundation, so uh, extra points and uh, great selection for a winner this week. So now it's uh, time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So we'll start things off in the Quebec Major Junior League, where the recent winner of the Memorial Cup, uh, Patrick Waugh, has resigned as uh, from his position as general manager and head coach of the Quebec Rampart. Uh, this is something that he did talk about early, uh, talk about doing earlier this season. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any offers from the NHL. I don't know if he's looking for an NHL job quite yet or if he's just looking for some time off, but not really a big surprise. But uh, you know what, uh, Patrick Waugh, he did have some success in the queue, <laughs> working two different positions, not just the one. Uh, I do wonder if an NHL team out there might bite on him eventually. He was asked at the press conference and... Uh... RDS tweeted out his answer, and in, in French, it was absolutely nothing. He hasn't heard from, in, in uh, according to him, he hasn't heard from a, an NHL team. Um, I think with uh, the the placements and, and uh, Mike Babcock coming to, to Columbus that there's uh, no vacancies at this point, um, but there could still be some changes um, over the, the summer. Um, but uh, Patrick Waugh said that, that he felt... Um, it was mission accomplished in, um, in, in junior hockey and that it was time to, to move on. And uh, he's off for a vacation, a golfing vacation in, in Scotland, Ireland, and Italy. Um, and perhaps his phone will ring while he's uh, on the golf course. That sounds like a nice vacation. I'm a little bit jealous of that one. But uh, you know who else is uh, doing a little bit of traveling? Uh, the other Patrick, Patrick Williams, our AHL reporter. Uh, he's actually been checking out the Calder Cup final between the Hershey Bears and Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, the Hershey Bears are the affiliate for Washington, and uh, Coachella Valley is the affiliate for the Seattle uh, Kraken. The series currently is tied 2-2. Been a really fun series to watch. Uh, there's been a couple games there where I've been super impressed with the the Seattle goalie, Joey Decord. And, uh, man, uh, Rick, have you been following this one? Yeah, it's been a great series. Um, all the uh, the wins have all come at home, uh, two for Coachella Valley at home, and then when they, the series uh, came back to, to Pennsylvania, the Hershey Bears uh, have won um, two at home in Hershey. Uh, game three, it's a 2-3-2 two, two series uh, setup. So um, game three is Saturday tonight um, at, in Hershey, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, a great series to watch, and, and uh, uh, whether you're in the U.S. or Canada, you should be able to, uh, the AHL has made it available, uh, you should be able to watch this series if you're still uh, interested in getting your hockey fix. Some news from the Laval Rocket. Uh, the Laval Rocket have signed forward Riley McKay and forward slash defenseman John Parker Jones, each to one-year, one-way AHL contracts. So I guess this is adding some size and some physicality. Uh, John Parker Jones is absolutely ma massive. <laughs> uh, Riley McKay, I think he's known for quite a bit of physical play. 
I think where this is intriguing is that uh, Laval seems to be locking down a lot of, I guess, guys that have experience in the ECHL to uh, one-way AHL contracts. Uh, we talked about uh, Gallopo getting a contract uh, not too long ago. I really hope that Laval keeps some spots open for their prospects, though. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's, uh, it's a little odd, um, but... Uh, uh, they have they have their priorities. Um, I, I think one of the things, one of the complaints about the Laval Rocket um, this past year, is that they were very individualistic. Um, that they they didn't look like a team out there when they win. When they won, it was you know individuals uh, taking over a game. Uh, the other characteristic that they had, uh, they were a very undisciplined team. Um, and you had um, Riley McKay, although he's not. He's not a player of size, but he was an instigator. Um, he only played 23 games for uh, the Laval Rocket, but he had 118 minutes in penalties. Um, that is an unheard of 5.13 uh, penalty minutes per game. Uh, far and away <laughs> led the league in, in that particular category. Uh, John Parker Jones took a lot of penalties. Xavier Simino, Alex Belzeal, the 31 games. It, taking a lot of penalties, undisciplined penalties. Um, so it's it's curious that they're going back to that well. Um, but, uh, yeah, as you said, we want to see um, the, the, uh, the, the roster, um, and, and Coach Ull has said that he expects his roster to be a lot younger. He expects an influx of prospects. We want to make sure that there are enough spots for prospects uh, when they get there. Yeah, I'm just not sure that I agree with insulating the prospects with this type of player. Uh, it doesn't seem like either one add a whole lot outside of their physicality and penalties. Uh, am I wrong in saying that? No, 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 that's absolutely fair. So, well, uh, it's going to be a long off season for the Laval Rocket as well. Uh, you can find all of our content about Canadians prospects at thn.com slash Montreal. Uh, some news on the NHL entry draft. Uh, each week leading up to the draft, we will focus on the latest news and rankings relevant for Montreal Canadiens fans. And uh, it looks like uh, the NHL has finally released the order of the selection of the 2023 draft. Montreal, of course, has two picks in the first round, and they will be number five and number 31. I don't think this is a big surprise for anyone at this point. No, um, it, it's something that uh, officially happens uh, once the season is over that, uh, that, that the NHL puts out this official order of selection. Uh, the Canadians have um, the two first-round picks. They have 11 picks uh, in total in the seven rounds uh, of the draft. And um, so Kent, Kent Hughes has got a, a, a pretty good arsenal uh, at his disposal uh, of, of picks that he can make or picks that he can package uh, to bring in talent that he wants. I think there's like three picks in that fourth round as well, so it'll be interesting to see That's what right. they do with those later round picks, but uh, we'll continue to give you updates on uh, the draft as uh, more news comes out. Uh, we'll take a look at some news from around the league. Uh, starting off, uh, Henri Richard was posthumously diagnosed with stage three chronic traumatic Enphilothopy, uh, CTE, uh, it is a progressive brain disease uh, associated with repetitive traumatic brain injuries, uh, including concussions and repeated blows to the head. 
this is a topic that um, you know is is a bit controversial in uh, the NHL, not so much in other sports. Um, foot, NFL has acknowledged that uh, repetitive head injuries and the kind that uh, um, happen in the NFL uh, can lead to to CTE. Um, I think this was pretty brave. Uh, the 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 courage of the Richard family and Denis Richard, the the son of Henri. Um, participated in this in this study uh, it was at the University of Laval uh, where they the family made a donation um, and then made the results uh, public and the reason that uh, the family the uh, and spokesperson Denis Richard uh, he said that he hopes that uh, the the diagnosis um, will lead to more preventative efforts um, and uh, also made the point uh, that this is this is a disease that act, um, impacts athletes uh, beyond football, um, and we remember uh, very famously Gary Bettman saying there was no uh, connection uh, between uh, NHL hockey and CTE. The studies seem to uh, go against that, and the foundation uh, that has done a lot of these studies said that the 17 uh, donations that they've received from NHL players, that 16 of them. Uh, have been diagnosed uh, with CTE. And that includes uh, another Canadian, former uh, Canadian Ralph Backstrom. Um, and uh, through this, we heard, uh, we've heard from um, Ken Dryden, who's been a, a, a proponent for very severe penalties for head hits in the NHL. Um, and he made the point that, um, you know, Henri Richard was... He wasn't a fighter. He wasn't... He was, he was uh, tough as nails, but... but uh, you know, not the kind of, of, of player that you typically associate with CTE, yet he had it. So um, that um, uh, Ken Dryden feels that, that more research should be done and uh, the, the NHL should acknowledge that this is a real issue. So it's one of those uh, topics that can be a little bit uncomfortable to talk about, but we do think that it is important to note and uh, understand how these studies are going along. Uh, the NHL bio window opened on Friday. Uh, will the Habs take advantage of this? I think there are a couple candidates, but uh, so far not yet. But the Vancouver Canucks certainly jumped on the opportunity <laughs> to <laughs> buy out Oliver ekman Larson. That didn't take them very long to do at all. No, that didn't. Um, and, and you know, you can debate whether that was the right move or not. They wanted to free up some cap, cap room. Uh, they're going to be paying uh, ekman Larson until the 2031 season, I believe, um, for the Canadians, it was interesting that Cat Friendly, uh, I think um, they they crowd they crowdsourced uh, this list that they came up with of their top eight buyout candidates, um, and three of of the uh, three of the top eight are Canadians. Uh, number three was is Brandon Gallagher. Uh, number five is Mike Hoffman, and number seven Yoel Armia. Um, personally. My own opinion, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I don't think that the Canadians want to carry any money past next year. And, and um, however, however that is, however the, the buyout is, is uh, spread over a number of years, I, I don't think they want to carry money in the future. But um, particularly Brandon Gallagher's contract is, diff- is, is going to be difficult to buy out, is going to be difficult to trade, is going to be difficult to do really anything with. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think with the case of uh, Hoffman, Armia, and Gallagher, I, I think you're better off either waiting them out or trying to find a suitor to trade with. Yep. Uh, I, I'm not uh, an expert on the cap math is definitely not my strong suit if I'm being honest, but uh, I just, I can't imagine that they, it would be worth it in the long run to buy any of those players out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, some more news out of Philadelphia. John LeClaire was hired by the Philadelphia Flyers as a special advisor. Uh, looks like the Flyers are continuing to add former players to their front office. And now they have Danny Briere, they have Patrick Sharp, and now John LeClaire adds to that list. And John LeClaire always comes with a little bit of a sting uh, for Canadians, uh, play, uh, Canadians fans because we know what kind of player he became uh, for Philadelphia and the Legion of Doom. Um, and that was one of the trades that most Canadians fans for, um, uh, regret uh, him going to Philadelphia. The Flames also add a former player to their front office. Uh, again, was hired by the Flames as a special advisor as well uh, to be uh, the advisor to the general manager, Craig Conroy. So uh, I think there'll be a fun relationship in that front office between those two uh, former players. And former line mates. So uh, there's some established chemistry there already. I think uh, that's a good match. And uh, here's one with the Montreal Canadiens connection. Uh, Michael Anlauer is the new owner of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, currently, he is a 10% stake owner of the Montreal Canadiens, but he will have to set uh, to sell that off before he takes over the ownership uh, completely, as I believe that is a bit of a conflict of interest. Uh, he ends up buying the Sens for $950 million, uh, so a little bit under a billion, but... Uh, it sounds like the Melnick sisters will be hanging on to 10%. So uh, Ann Lauer takes on 90% uh, amongst his group. Uh, Ann Lauer probably won't be able to take over the ownership until later in the summer. And uh, we'll see what changes come from that. Uh, lots of rumors uh, going around at the moment. But uh, it's nice to see that uh, the sale is finally done. I was, uh, to be honest, I was getting tired of hearing about all the various uh, potential owners dropping out. And uh, after all the celebrities that could have been involved, uh, I think they ended up with a good hockey guy. Maybe uh, one of the more boring options, if I'm being honest. But that's not a bad thing for boring old Ottawa, is it? Not not uh, a bad thing at all, because he is a good hockey guy. And, of course, there's a couple of Canadians connections uh, also owns the Hamilton, or, or as it's called now, the Brantford Bulldogs, um, temporarily, um, uh, an OHL team. But it was uh, prior to that, the Hamilton Bulldogs were uh, the OHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Ann Lauer, very, um, very close uh, connection. Matt Turk, the, the GM, formerly a scout with, with Montreal um, and yes, he owns a portion of, of the Canadians. I've seen it reported differently um, in different places. Uh, the, the, the percentage that he owns of the Canadians is somewhere between 10 and 20%. As you said, he's going to have to divest himself of, um, of that uh, share of the Montreal Canadiens. And it, um, I think it's Frank Cervelli in the Daily Faceoff that uh, did the calculation and estimated that um, that he may stand to gain uh, about $600 million from the sale, and that then could be put towards the um, two-thirds uh, could be of, of the cost of the $950 million uh, that he's paying for 90% of uh, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, going to be really interesting to see who he, uh, if, if he has an influence on hockey decisions, lots and lots of discussion about Steve Steos, 
who was the GM in, in Hamilton now um, in, in Edmonton. Um, this is, I think, a Senators fans should be excited about this. Yeah, I'll also mention that uh, there is a Patrick Waugh-sized rumor <laughs> yeah, involving uh, Michael Anlauer as well, uh, potentially taking over as head coach. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, like I said, the sale can't be finalized until towards the end of the offseason. So that doesn't really leave him a ton of time to work with before the season officially starts. Just to, just to fill in the blanks there, Michael Anlauer um, has has uh, played a part in the hirings, recent hirings, um, and when uh, Ken Hughes was hired, uh, Michael Andlauer was part of the interview process. Patrick Waugh uh, received an interview. So there, there's that connection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now it's time to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois. No. Um, yeah, no, we're going to keep doing this uh, over and over again. Uh, it seems like uh, the L.A. Kings have uh, emerged as a new favorite to to. Uh, be involved in the Pierre-Luc Dubois sweepstakes. And here's what Elliot Friedman had to say about this. I think the Kings have made this interesting. One of the more recent podcasts, they said, I think they're in this. Mm -hmm. I think they've leaned in very hard. And I think that they've made it very clear to Winnipeg. If they haven't made an offer, they they have basically let Winnipeg know we're in, and we're willing to make this work. This is fascinating um, I, I, in, from a number of respects, but but I think I, I keep seeing out there in social media that um, uh, fans are assuming uh, that that there's only one destination uh, for Pierre-Luc Dubois, and that's Montreal, and that because um, he has said he would like to come to, to Montreal, uh, that somehow that's going to um, handcuff uh, the Winnipeg Jets and Kevin Shovel Day off, and that that there's going to be some hometown discount in the salary negotiations, and and we'll be able to get them for a song. And we keep hearing that. That's that's just uh, it's silly. It's silly talk, is what it is. And and yes, of course, if. Um, he's going to be made made available, and he said that he he's not going to be signing another contract in Winnipeg. Um, that there there are other teams uh, in the NHL that would be interested in having him, and there are other teams uh, that um, where he would be interested uh, to go. The LA Kings makes a lot of sense from a couple of different perspectives. Now, remember Luke Robitaille with with the Kings, very good friend of Pat Brisson. Um, the agent uh, for uh, PLD, um, and and you have to think that you know the the Jets paid a lot to bring um, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois in, uh, Patrick Lina, uh, Jack Roslovic. Uh, they're going to be wanting to get uh, some some pretty good assets back when they trade him. And what do the what do the Kings have to offer? Well, if you look down the middle. Um, uh, we have Kopitar, we have uh, Phil Deneau, of course, um, Gabe Velarde, had, uh, and, and Quinton Byfield. Um, and it came out of, in addition to Elliot Friedman's comments, it came out this week that, uh, that the Kings would probably be willing to offer a Byfield um, in, in exchange, um, in, in a, in a, a, a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. 
that would be, I would think, uh, pretty attractive uh, for the Jets. Uh, Byfield, just 20 years old, um, a big power center. Um, you know, he was the second overall pick in the 2020 draft. Um, this this is going to be interesting. Now, now the other wrinkle here that I'll just toss in um, is is that the Kings also, they need goaltending. Um, and, you know, another another player that uh, uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff has to deal with uh, this summer, he wants out is Hellebuck. Um, you know, there maybe is, is, uh, is a fit for the Kings. Um, I, I think that, that the Jets, um, or, or sorry, yeah, the, the, that the Jets would, would be interested in a, in a byfield in terms of a talent, in terms of replacement player, in terms of cost controlled. And I think it advises us, um, you know, when they were asking for a Kirby doc, in, in return, that those weren't just, um, you know, pie-in-the-sky kind of rumors, that they'd be looking for a number five, the number five pick in this draft. They'd be looking for um, uh, a Kirby doc. They'd be looking for serious talent. And anybody who suggests that um, Yol Armia or Christian Dvorak are going are gonna to consummate this trade uh, between Montreal and, and Winnipeg is just uh, is dreaming, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's probably a first involved in that. There's a top prospect. Uh, if we're talking Los Angeles, I wonder if an Alex Turcotte could make sense for Winnipeg, mm-hmm. maybe more of a project there. But I like the Byfield uh, connection there. That's an, that's certainly an intriguing one for Winnipeg. And if you're getting a call and Byfield's brought up, you certainly have to listen to that one, right? That's yeah. a, That's an interesting pick for sure. Well, it's it's going to be interesting. This is um, this is probably going to the the Jets are kind of under a a, a timeline. Um, they want to avoid any kind of offer sheet happening, uh, so it's likely going to happen um, either before the draft or or on the the draft floor that uh, that this kind of trade is going to be uh, made. Uh, and and it's not just the Canadians and the Kings, as as you and I have talked about. Uh, New York Rangers, um, you know, might be in the mix, um, and and Pierre Luc Dubois wants a, you know, wants to be in a visible market like Montreal or Los Angeles or New York seems to fit with with and his agent has said he'd be willing to go to New York. So um, lots of pieces in play as we uh, get closer to the draft. Yeah, uh, I don't know if the money would work at all, but I wonder if uh, that's something a Toronto Maple Leafs could be interested in as well, as I, I think they would be in the mar- in the market for another center this offseason as well. So plenty of teams out there, I'm sure, will be very interested in Pierre-Luc Dubois, and uh, we'll be here to give you all your Pierre-Luc Dubois news <laughs> as it comes out. But for now, uh, I think we'll take a little break here. We'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment Hughes gets aggressive about moving up in the draft. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY 
or text Hope NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling sources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter as well at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here too: also subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on your favorite player, on your favorite podcasting app, wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a single episode. In this segment, uh, we have plenty of fun draft talk to talk about. Um, Ken Hughes seems to be throwing a lot of things out there towards the media that uh, make things interesting. I don't know if it's all smoke and mirrors or if he's being very serious about this, but we'll get to that pretty soon. Uh, The NHL entry draft in Nashville is quickly approaching. Uh, the major scouting publications have released their draft rank, final draft rankings. And, well, is there a consensus pick here, Rick? Because I, I feel like you have Bedard at number one. I think Fantilli number two is pretty consistent. Number three, I think it's been a little bit all over the place. Um, taking a look at uh, what Sportsology has at number five, where the Canadians are currently picking, uh, they have a Zach Benson. Uh you take a look elsewhere and uh, you open up uh, the black book uh, that uh, Jerome Barube puts out every year. He has Dmitry Simashev at number five, which is interesting. Uh, Rick, uh, you're looking around here. What what other names are you seeing? And is there any kind of consistency after those top two picks? It's a strange year. Uh, first, uh, really talented draft. We've, we've heard that over and over and over again from um, our draft experts and um, if you if you missed any of our, our draft shows, we had three shows in a row with draft experts. Um, episode uh, Canadians Connection episode 244, 245, and 246, where we spoke with Russ Cohn, uh, Sam Cosentino, and, and Jerome Brube. And um, even in their lists, um, and we asked them to come up with um, uh, three um players who would be in the conversation for the Montreal Canadiens, there wasn't a lot of overlap. Um, you know, they talked about Michkov, they talked about Will Smith, talked about Ryan Leonard, Zach Benson, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, David Reinbacker. Um, and when you look at these final draft rankings, yes, everyone has Connor Bedard number one. Uh, everyone, for the most part, has um, Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson at two or three. Some some in not not that the order is the same, but the uh, the pick is the same. Uh, many of them have Michkov at number four. Um, again, these are rankings, not 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 mocks. Uh, and then at five, it's all over the place, and uh, there there's actually wild differences uh, between the ranking agencies. As you said, um, the 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 hockey prospect black book. 
uh, has Simashev, a defenseman from uh, junior hockey in Russia, at five. Simashev could be, you know, in the teens, in the 20s, um, elsewhere. Um, there's, there's Gabe Perot, who um, hockey prospect has at nine. Uh, you'll find him in, in the high teens or, or low 20s elsewhere. Um, it's just that there's, there's so much uh, talent um, that, that the, the availability to scout these players uh, has been different, particularly with the Russian players. Uh, so the rankings are, are really over, all over the place. And that makes it tough for um, trying to figure out what the Canadians are going to do um, in this draft. And, and difficult for fans because we've seen the arguments about, yes, it has to be Michkov. No, it can never be Michkov. Um, you know, I, even in the responses um, that we receive um, on our text line, on our email line, uh, or on YouTube, uh, there's there's been a lot of division over who the Canadians should pick uh, with their fifth overall pick. Yeah, and Michkov, like you said, probably the biggest wild card of this draft. Uh, we know that he's committed to the KHL for the next three seasons. Some are saying that he has that superstar potential, though. And uh, Rick, uh, I don't know what uh, the latest is on Michkov, but like, can you give us any updates on what's happening there? Do you think the Canadians could be interested? Do you think another team might jump up and take him in uh, the top five? Well, it's it's fascinating that um, Kent Hughes at the Combine almost went out of his way, as we talked about last week, um, to to discourage uh, fans from thinking that the Canadians would be interested in, in Michkov. He said n- no one from the organization has seen him um, play in person. Uh, it's only been uh, video scouting. Um, and, and you know, was, was he being transparent? Um, was he being honest? Uh, was he uh, trying to send a message? We talked about that last week. Um, it was funny, in, in the 32 um, Thoughts podcast, Elliot Friedman um, said the same, and, and I was told exactly the same thing uh, from an amateur scout when uh, this was years ago. And I, I, a GM had, had made a comment. I put in a text and, and said, you know, is, is that true? And he said to me, everybody lies at this time of year. <laughs> All the teams lie at this time of year. Elliot Friedman said he got the same um, sort of message. Um, so was, was, was Kent Hughes trying to, um, trying to send a message about uh, Meechkoff and, and show a lack of interest? Um, and was that message out to other GMs? We, we just don't know. Um, and the whole issue of, of, of teams getting access to Meechkoff, I think that's what we learned this week. Uh, the latest about him is that number one, uh, he's let it be known that he will be at the draft in person in Nashville. That we didn't know up and and we didn't know if he'd be allowed to go. Yes, he will be at the draft. So teams have reached out to him and said um, that they'd like to meet him uh, and talk with him before the draft. And he hasn't offered any kind of commitment. Um, he is said to be putting together a list of teams that he prefers, teams that he's willing to meet with. Um, and he remains this man of mystery. Um, and, you know, a little bit aloof. Um, even those who, who, who did try and, and get access to him say that, that there's this 
these advisors around him that it's it's difficult to get through. It's difficult to talk to him. Um, I don't know. Does does if he's that selective, is he the kind of like talent wise? Yes, a lot of talent there. Um, you know, and maybe the, at the top of the draft, um, if Connor Bedard wasn't, wasn't in this draft, um, doesn't like playing defense, um, is a little bit, you know, um, aloof, as I said, is he the kind of character person, uh, that, uh, Kent Hughes or Jeff Gordon will want to bring in, uh, <laughs> who knows? And will he meet with, with, uh, with the Canadians prior to the draft so they can get some more information on who knows? Um, but. He'll be at the draft. That's the new news that we have. But, uh, yeah, I think you said it right when uh, you said he was the man of mystery. Uh, you just you know the talent's probably there. Uh, I think some people would argue that he could go two or three in this draft. But again, it, it seems like it's a bit of a risk. And uh, if uh, he's having to be this selective and it's hard, this hard to gain access to him, that's, uh, that's definitely troublesome. And that uh, definitely talks me out of having a whole lot of interest personally anyway. No, I agree. But, uh, well, since we just talked about someone who's probably uh, a riskier pick, is there a safe choice for the Canadians to make at this draft? Uh, Like we just talked about, uh, everyone's rankings seem to be quite different after uh, one and two. Uh, And there's a different player available on almost every list at number five. Uh, is there a safe pick? Uh, I, from everything I've heard, I think a Rhinebacker is probably the safe pick in the most literal sense. Uh, you uh, hear that he's got that very high floor, low ceiling type defenseman. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty safe. I think it's safe to say you get a good uh, player out of that. Um, you know, Kent Hughes has a relationship with Will Smith, uh, being a former coach of his uh, when he was a lot younger. Uh, if uh, Ken Hughes is that enamored with Will Smith and is uh, that comfortable picking a Will Smith uh, at in the top five of the draft, uh, I think to an extent that's uh, that's considered kind of safe. But uh, Rick, uh, I'll get you to weigh into this one as well. Well, we kind of independently came to the same choice with respect to a safe choice, and that would be David Reinbacker. Um, and the reason that he's a safe choice is 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 kind of that. Um, high floor, um, and 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 that uh, yes, there's expectations that he will be um, a, a number one defenseman. Um, right now, um, you know, and Ken Hughes spoke about it: the mature defensive game that that he has, um, and and add to that the the mobility and and fact that he's a right-handed defenseman, the um, you know capable of, of offense. Um, Rhinebacker is going to be either um, a number one um, uh, right-handed defenseman or he's going to, worst case, he's going to be in your top four. Um, I, I think he's he's got the most mature game right now and complete game. Um, are the Canadians want to go, will they want to go safe? Um, and we know that, that there's also a push uh, that that they may not have the opportunity to get uh, a top pairing defenseman um, another time. So yes, um, there with with each of the others and with Will Smith, as you said, there's a safety in knowing him, uh, but he's got big holes in his game and a lack of of uh, physicality and 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 getting into to tough areas. There, when you go with with each one, there's there's some risk. Not so much with Ryan Backer, but will the Canadians want to do that? Will, do they want to make a safe choice? 
that leads us here where we find out that uh, the Canadian's general manager has been very busy working the phones. Uh, reportedly, Kent Hughes has reached out to the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks to inquire about the availabilities of the fourth overall and the second overall picks, respectively. I'm, I'm guessing at some point he contacted uh, Columbus, but those talks didn't really go anywhere. I hear Yarmo can be a very intimidating guy, but... It, it's fine. Um, I think probably it's more likely that uh, the Canadians could move up one spot to number four as opposed to being over being able to move up uh, to number two, which is a spot where I think most people would anticipate Fantilli gets picked. I, I don't know if Anaheim would be that serious about uh, leaving uh, Fantilli on the board. But uh, I, this leads me to this question for you, Rick. Why now, and what's the plan here? Uh, is it just Kent Hughes exploring all the options available? That because that's, I guess, part of his job. Uh, is he using the media as a bit of a weapon here to deceive some people? Um, is he legitimately looking to move up? Do you think? So uh, first, we should say that um, <clears throat> guys, why are you reporting rumors? We don't. We don't get into the rumor game. We we just don't, uh, unless multiple sources are. Uh, reporting the same thing. And we had that this week. Uh, multiple sources, um, Radio Canada um, and The Athletic, were both re uh, both reported that uh, Ken Hughes uh, had had serious conversations um, to move up to, to, to fourth um, and, and uh, serious conversation with um, San Jose and serious conversation with Anaheim. Um, that was reported by Arpan Basu. Um, so this is happening and, and there's lots of people out there saying, my goodness, um, Kent Hughes is being really, really aggressive, um, this year. And, and the question comes, why, um, as you just asked, well, I, th I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, um, uh, you know, we've, we've had draft expert on after, after another, and they've all said, uh, there hasn't been a draft like this in the last five or ten years. The talent at the top is 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 you know could go as number one in any of the other drafts. The, there's a lot of real good talent at the very top of the draft, and it's a very deep draft as well. Um, so why not be aggressive when you have that opportunity? Um, why why move up? Well, it takes away the uh, any kind of Michkov uh, temptation. Uh, why move up? Well, remember last year, Kent Hughes could go in any direction he wanted. He had complete control of the draft. This gives him more control if he moves moves up. Um, and it's it's um, Kent Hughes is looking ahead. And remember, um, he said, uh, "I'm not guaranteeing we're going to be in the playoffs, but we're going. That's that's where our target is. That's where our focus is going to be." Now, if the Canadians are a playoff team or close to being a playoff team next year, where does that draft book draft pick uh, end up uh, mid mid pack? Um, and they won't have an opportunity uh, to make uh, to 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 get the kind of talent that they are this year. Uh, so, if they can move up one, if they can do the a miracle and and um, and move up to to two. Um, Kent Hughes is going to do everything in his power uh, to try and make that happen this year. And I'd be pretty excited about that too. Uh, Adam Fantilli is a great player. I've watched him a few times. I would absolutely love to have him on the Montreal Canadiens. 
uh, if they even end up moving up to number four, the potential of getting like a Leo Carlson or whoever else might be available is pretty nice too. And uh, I do agree with you. I think that that just really gives Kent Hughes the control that he might want rather than having to sit back and wait for the other teams to make their decisions one through four before he can make his decision at number five. And I think you mentioned Fantilli. Um, uh, most mocks have him at two or three. Uh, most mocks have Leo Carlson at two or three. Interesting. We know that, that Kent Hughes and an entourage went to the world championships. Uh, the three players in the draft that were there uh, at the world championships uh, were Leo Carlson, Adam Fantilli, and, Dave, and David Randbacker. That's interesting. So they definitely got a first-hand look at this, and maybe Kent Hughes is legitimately excited about these players. Uh, I would be too, to be honest, if I was in his position. But what would it take to move up in the draft like that? Is there some precedence for something like this happening? I don't think it's very common, at least in the NHL, that a team's able to move up like further to the top of the draft from number five. Uh, or even move within that top five of the draft. A lot of uh, teams really covet those top five picks, and it's very hard to move them off of those uh, high draft picks. Uh, Rick, I know you do have a story uh, that relates to Pierre-Luc Dubois, of course, uh, that can kind of, I I guess, give us a little bit of precedence as to the Habs previously trying to accomplish something similar. Well, you're right. This this really doesn't happen uh, very often, and and you have to go back um, almost 20 years uh, to to the last time um, you know one of those those top five picks uh, was traded um, in the NHL, um, and and um, Columbus um, and Carolina were involved uh, way back then. And it's odd. It's really odd to me because. You know, we have lots of, of listeners who, you know, they love hockey, but they also follow other sports. And and um, it's pretty common in the NFL. And if you watch the NFL, the 2023 draft in April, um, in the first 10, 12 picks, there must have been five trades. Um, and you had uh, Carolina and Chicago um, involved and Carolina moving up to from nine to one. Um, and all kinds of swaps in between, and and um, you know, I was, I was we we have uh, Brian who follows the uh, the NFL on our uh, team. I have a, an expert uh, in my family. My brother uh, is uh, knows the NFL way better than I do, um, and and he talked about um, how there's a formula, there's a chart, there's a trade chart, a trade value chart, and this was started, uh, I think, in the '90s by Jimmy Johnson. Uh, that he talked about, and uh, and there's been uh, charts that have been modernized uh, since then, um, and a value is placed on every pick in the draft, um, and so if you're trading um, one of those top five picks, and and that pick has a value of a thousand or three thousand or whatever it is, the picks that you put together to trade for that have to come out equal. Not saying that 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 the the your trade partner has to accept it but but everybody knows the rules everybody knows that it's a reasonably fair trade in 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 the NHL it's kind of wild west and there's a, a lot bigger reluctance to part with one of those picks um you referred to Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and um uh the, the year that he was drafted and that was 2016 uh the draft in Buffalo 
Um, I mentioned my brother. He was there with me. My nephew uh, was there. We were seated together. Uh, and we had a big contingent, as we do every year. We bring uh, fans to the draft. Um, and uh, I think we had uh, 35, 40 people with us in, in our section. Uh, great seats. Great view. And um, we remember that the Canadians, um, that, was, that was the, um, the, the um, draft where, where uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was there, but Austin Matthews was uh, the number one pick. Um, and we pretty, well, well we, we were sure that Austin Matthews was going first uh, for Toronto. Um, after that, it was, um, you know, there had been a lot of speculation that Jesse Pugliarvi would, would go uh, second. Um, the Canadians had the ninth pick overall. Um, and uh, as the draft started, uh, right when it started, um, we noticed uh, Mark Bergevin making his way, calling uh, Jarmo Kekalaikin, the GM for, for Columbus over. They met kind of in a neutral spot. Uh, and they had a long discussion, and we didn't know what was happening. Columbus was picking third. Um, uh, the Winnipeg Jets at second. Um, and there was a long discussion. And then they each went uh, away to um, their their own table. Um, the Jets made their pick. They, it was a bit of a surprise in pick, picking Patrick Lina. Turned out to be the right one uh, rather than picking Pugliarvi. Um and then it came to the Columbus pick. Now, there was two more meetings um, at that neutral spot on the floor that we witnessed uh, between Mark Bergevin and uh, Kekalaikin. And um, the last one got heated. Mark Bergevin was animated and mad and just tore a strip off the um, Columbus uh, general manager and um, Kaikalainen uh, just waved him off and walked away, leaving a purple-faced Mark Bergevin uh, on the floor. You didn't see any of this if you're watching on TV, but all of us that were there witnessed this a major event. Um, Columbus went to the to the podium and picked Pierre Luc Dubois, and uh, Bergevin was hot. Why, why was that? Well, we didn't learn until later uh, that there was a deal in place uh, for the Montreal Canadiens to move from nine. They were going to trade up to five. Uh, pick five was owned by the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and the trade, we don't know all the details, um, it, it, uh, but it was uh, P.K. Subban who was involved in going uh, to Vancouver um, and with the fifth overall pick, it was his intention, uh, Mark Bergevin, to choose Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, at that time, uh, Columbus was uh, expected to pick the Finn, Pugliarvi. Edmonton would probably have gone with the defenseman, uh, Ulevi. And then Vancouver, p- Vancouver's pick would have been turned over to uh, Montreal, who would have picked Dubois and, and Mark Bergevin would have had that uh, as his crowning achievement, I'm sure. Um, so he was furious uh, that that Columbus went in a different direction and spoiled this whole arrangement that he had set up to move up in the draft. And the reason why I think this story is so incredible and relevant to what's happening uh, today 
is that it gives some precedence for Montreal trying to move up into that top five and the value of it involving a PK Supin and probably that number nine pick. That's a pretty substantial price to pay to move up uh, that amount of spots. And I think the uh, my other takeaway is it's interesting that it wasn't Montreal trying to move up to three to take Dubois where he ultimately ended up being picked. It was to number five. So it seems like they knew some information about the direction that some other teams might go and Bergevin trying to sway uh, Yarmo Kekalainen in one way so that uh, Dubois could be left on the table for him. Um, yeah, really incredible story that you had there, Rick. It's it's fascinating. And and as we know, uh, P.K. Subban, days later, was was traded uh, to Nashville for uh, Shea Weber. Um, the Canadians uh, went ahead with their, the ninth overall pick, picking Mikhail Sergachev, and then sometime later, uh, a disastrous trade uh, for Jonathan Drouin, uh, who was kind of seen in Bergevin's eyes as the replacement for uh, Dubois, and that did that worked out uh, terribly for the Canadians and for Mark Bergevin. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, who knows what could have been if that did uh, ultimately work out, but. Uh, uh, Montreal did get a pretty good uh, run to the Stanley Cup final out of it, I guess, with Shea Weber at, at the very least. Um, but uh, in, in terms of what it would cost um, to move up uh, into the top five of the current draft, uh, Montreal currently with number five, looking at the options of number two and number four. Uh, the price, I, I don't know. This is where it gets very difficult. Um, Montreal does have that second first overall pick, uh, the 31st one. Is that going to be enough to entice another team to move back a few spots? Uh, they also have that Calgary first rounder in 2025. Is that something that could be interesting for Anaheim, being able to stock up another first round pick a few years down the line? Um, uh, other than that, uh, in terms of assets that Montreal has, uh, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot that uh, could be used to entice other teams to want to move back a few spots, is there? Yeah, it's um, it's well. The the first thing is we don't know what it would cost because it hasn't been done in in a long time. Yeah. Um, but if you're moving from fifth to fourth, um, and and you would assume uh, at that case in in that case um, that the 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 team that well with with either of these trades. Um, the team is going would have in their mind that they're going to get the player that they want anyway, more or less. Um, so if, if we're we're talking about um, a trade from from with between Montreal and San Jose, they swap picks. Um, you know, I I don't think you'd have to add um, a second round pick to get that. Maybe a third round pick to move move up. Would that be enough for San Jose? Don't know. Um, Montreal moving uh, from five to two, uh, trading with Anaheim. Anaheim not in a rush; they're in a rebuild. Um, would um, you know the swapping picks and adding in a second first round pick, that thirty first pick overall? Uh, would that get it done? Uh, I think that's absolutely the minimum uh, to make that uh, astronomical kind of jump um, from five to two. Uh, we don't know again because. Uh, there's very little precedent for this uh, in the NHL. Yeah, uh, so it'll be very interesting to monitor this. Uh, I don't know if it, Montreal's going to be able to accomplish this. We know that Ken Hughes loves to use the media to send out some signals. Uh, we know last year 
uh, when Montreal was at the top of the draft, they really didn't give anyone much to work with in terms of which direction they might be leaning. So I do think it is possible that Ken Hughes is just putting up some smoke and mirrors to throw some people off the scent of where he might be leaning. That's certainly a possibility. You can't, you can't confirm that, unfortunately. But uh, like I said, this will be a very interesting draft to, to monitor for Montreal. And uh, Rick, uh, do you have any uh, final regards that you want to have on this topic? Well, I think you better listen to the Canadians' connection next week because <laughs> uh, this this story uh, this story is likely to change because there's so many uh, players involved. Players, I mean the other teams involved, um, and and getting their uh, intentions known as well as uh, volatility uh, amongst in the rankings. So. Um, this is an unfolding story, and you're not going to want to miss next week uh, because that'll be our last show uh, before uh, the draft happens in Nashville. So uh, before we send it off uh, into our final break on the show, uh, we'll leave you this to think about our Canadians Connection question of the week. What's your draft day dream scenario for Kent Hughes? Trading up from number five in the draft or making a draft day trade to land Pierre-Luc Dubois Make sure you let us know, and uh, for now, we'll take our final break here, and uh, please stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 248 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and give us uh, a follow 
on our social oh i did say that give us a follow on our social media at habs connection on twitter facebook and instagram and check out our website canadiansconnection.com also feel free to text us anytime via the rocket sports text line 5853 rocket that's 5853 rocket and rick we do have a little bit of an announcement today you may have noticed uh, in the first segment there i was saying that you can check out all of our content at thn.com slash Montreal. Rick, what do you have to say about that? Well, we do have some exciting news and, and we've been making some, some changes um, and uh, making changes uh, to help our, our audience, both uh, those of you who love listening to, to the podcast um, and those of you who, who like our feature articles, who like the, the Habs notepad, who like the Habs headline articles, we're, we've been trying to move to get those in one place. Um, we moved away. We built the All Habs Hockey Magazine, and that was very successful. Um, and uh, now we're making uh, a move to bring our, our AHL coverage, our prospect coverage, all of our Montreal Canadiens coverage to one place. And so we've, with Rocket Sports, we've partnered up with the Hockey News. The Hockey News' legendary status um, in hockey uh, in Canada, we partnered up with the Hockey News. So um, Rocket Sports uh, will now produce all of the content uh, for the Montreal Canadiens on the Hockey News website. And the Hockey News website uh, for the Montreal Canadiens is thn.com, thehockeynews.com slash Montreal. Everything that we do will be there. Um, and we'll be mo- moving everything there. And you'll, you'll find already uh, some articles by myself, from uh, Chris G., from um, Amy. Our podcast will be there. Our prospect coverage, as I said, everything will be there. Um, and it's uh, we're really excited about this as we prepare for um, next season. It's something that uh, most of us grew up with. Uh, the Hockey News was... Um, and I know now even um, Mike Rashel has talked about his hockey news uh, subscription and, and Amy and Chris and myself. Um, you know, when I was growing up, it was my grandfather who would bring me my copy of the hockey news. And it was a secondhand copy that he'd pick up uh, at the at the barber shop. That didn't matter. I loved going through it cover to cover. Um, and and we're just so thrilled um, that we now have this partnership, um, Rocket Sports, with the hockey news, and we're we're pleased to share it with you. Yeah, very exciting news. Uh, I remember back in high school uh, for my birthday, I'd always get uh, a subscription to the hockey news, and one of my favorite ones was uh, this uh, special edition. It was all about the goalie masks over mm. the years. So you got to go back all the way to the Clint Benedict days in the 1930s. <laughs> you got to see his mask all the way up to the Jacques Plante, the first famous uh, goalie mask, uh, Gillis Gratton and his lion mask <laughs> with the New York Rangers, all the way up uh, to the more modern-day goalie mask. So the Hockey News is a great product. They've been around forever, uh, definitely a great source, and uh, we're very excited to start helping them out and to give them plenty of great Montreal Canadiens content. And if that was enough, we the Hockey News has its reputation. Well, sp- so does Sports Illustrated. And Sports Illustrated has contracted with the Hockey News to provide all of Sports Illustrated's uh, coverage. So we are um, having uh, this Montreal Canadiens page. We will be providing content to the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated, uh, which is uh, tremendous. And and, 
Um, are we going to change? <laughs> no. Um, we've been fiercely independent. Uh, we've been honest. Uh, it's taken us 15 years to to kind of uh, build trust with your audience, build credibility in the uh, hockey community. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to stay. Uh, that's what's made uh, us uh, successful with with our readers and our listeners. Um, and so we're going to um, we're going to stay the same. Uh, the same things that uh, that you um, have come to enjoy, and just broaden our coverage, um, and 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 welcome a whole new audience, and and we welcome also uh, the audience that's now listening to us uh, on YouTube, uh, those who are are listening to us on our on your favorite podcast app. Um, we're growing, and um, and and uh, I, I think this is exciting for all of us. Yeah, lots of good content on YouTube as well. Uh, to find us, you just have to search at All Habs, and you'll find it right there. Uh, every Thursday, Amy Johnson puts out the Habs Hockey Report, and this past week, uh, she put out an episode entitled Two Big Habs Trade Rumors. What will Kent Hughes do? So she talks about some of the stuff we talked about in segment two there. Uh, she gives her opinions on uh, what the Habs could be doing, and uh, honestly, great show. Uh, honestly amy johnson's been doing this every thursday for the past little while i make sure i watch it right away uh always leave a like and a comment uh, amy johnson loves to reply to all the comments uh, she's even read some of them on air if she likes them enough and uh also we would like to say that uh, we popped a couple episodes of the canadians connections podcast onto the youtube channel and uh, we're going to continue to do that because it seems like everyone really enjoyed that uh, this past week, we uh, reached a milestone, uh, over a 1,000 subscribers. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone who has subscribed to that YouTube channel. We'll continue to deliver great content to you. And uh, same thing with the Canadians Connection podcast on YouTube. Uh, leave us a like, leave us a comment, uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, we'll be going through and responding to as many people as possible. Um, we really appreciate all those who have checked it out. And uh, if you're not already subscribed make sure you hit that subscribe button too. We don't want you to miss a single episode and uh, hit that notification bell too if uh, you're worried about missing something. That way you get notified as soon as we put something into our YouTube channel and uh, you'll be the first one to be able to tune in and listen. Also, if you're not already subscribed uh, to our Two Rocket Sports Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app, uh, make sure you do that as well. Uh, weekly, every Tuesday, the Press Zone comes out. Uh, that's hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams. Sometimes you get Rick Stevens in there as well. That's going to be your premier source for the AHL, the Laval Rocket. Anything to do with the Habs prospects, that's going to be your best source to find out. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast, The Canadians Connection. Uh, you can find that at canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, hit the subscribe button because we're going to be here every single Saturday throughout the summer. So you're not going to want to miss a single episode. And we've heard from so many. We're getting text message from so many listeners who are listening when they're out at the cottage. They're listening um, on their commute. They're listening while they're mowing the lawn. Um, take us everywhere you go. Uh, in the summer and uh, and and use your favorite podcast app to subscribe to um, because there's going to be a lot happening this summer and you want to be ready uh, by when uh, the time the season starts in the fall. And we know that uh, hockey coverage tends to go down in the summer. All your favorite radio stations and some of your other favorite podcasts might not uh, cover uh, the Montreal Canadiens the whole way through. We know uh, certain people like to go out on vacations 
But not us. We'll be here every single Saturday. So just like to reiterate, hit that subscribe button and make sure you're not missing a single episode. And now it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. What's your draft day dream scenario for Kent Hughes? Trading up from number five in the draft or making a draft day trade to Lampier Luke Dubois? Make sure you reach out to us and uh, let us know. And uh, Rick, I'll get you one more time to let all the people know how they can reach out to us and let us know their thoughts. Well, you can send us an email if you have uh, a lot to say, and that's hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Or um, a convenient way is to hit up our Rocket Sports text line. It's easy to remember. It's 5853-ROCKET. And we did get uh, a couple of messages from our listeners in the past week. We actually have two to get to. Uh, to start off, uh, Devin from Summerside PEI reached out to us. And uh, Rick, what did he have to say? Uh, Devin texted, uh, hey, I just found your show on YouTube. Hughes was bluffing, in Devin's opinion. That's Kent Hughes. Michkov has the talent, so he's going to want to come to the NHL as soon as he can. Take the Russian. Thanks for the great podcast, guys. Uh, Again, Devin in Summerside PEI. And he was referring to the fact that uh, last week we talked about Kent Hughes, uh, who said, uh, listen, um, yes, um, um, Michkov is going to be in the KHL uh, for three years, uh, but there's nothing stopping him from signing a second contract, another contract. Um, He mentioned that while he was at the Combine. Um, but I think Devin has a point here that, um, you know, if Michkov wants to play, wants to show that he's one of the, the best hockey players, uh, he's going to want to come to the best league, and that is the NHL. And we also got a message from a longtime listener, Dino from Gatineau. And uh, actually, you get to hear me practice a little bit of my French when I read this out to you. Uh, Dino says, Salut, bien noche à me. Rocket Sports, uh, upcoming draft. My spider sense is tingling. I think Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are up to something. I think they should stand pat, though, with those picks. It's a very deep draft. Uh, Use our selections in this one. Uh, It does not come around that often. Grass is not always greener on the other side. Uh, Let's keep what we have and build on it. That's his two cents, at least. So thank you very much to Dino. Uh, He also says uh, he appreciates uh, all the great work. So uh, always appreciate hearing from Dino. Uh, He's been a longtime listener of ours, and he always sends us the best messages. Absolutely. And if you send us messages, either by text or um, by email, we got a lot of messages this week. Uh, take the time if you, if you can, uh, to just put your name on it. Your first name is good and the location and, and that, uh, increases the chances that we're going to read it on the air. So this upcoming weekend, uh, weekend, uh, this is the father's day weekend. So happy father's day to all the dads. Uh, I'll give a shout out to all the hockey dads as well. Uh, after growing up, I've realized how difficult it is to wake up uh, for those 6 a.m. games on a Saturday. So we appreciate all the effort in that. And, uh, of course, in Montreal, it is uh, F1 weekend. So we hope everyone enjoys that or whatever it is that you're getting up to. Happy Father's Day. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, June the 24th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians.